Welcome to Preach Can't Preach with Rashad. We are the prophets here with another episode of another sermon. And yes, my voice is uh totally different than what it was because I just got back from you know the Cowboys and Vikings Sunday night football game, man. Rashad, and it was a good one. Oh, yeah, man. That's uh, the Cowboys probably had the most impressive stadium in the league outside of like maybe the 49ers. So I'm sure you had a ball, your team got the win. So that, that, that always makes the trip worthwhile. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, we can start right there. Like, you know, everybody, you know, coming to the game, people don't want to pay that, or Kirk Cousins shouldn't got the contract he got. And I mean, to me, yes, yes, that was a better quarterback yesterday because he had to be. But I mean, from both from both their ends, I mean, they play a, a good game. And if if those quarterbacks are on B plus level, because obviously everybody can't be Pat Mahomes, everybody can't win six rings like Tom Brady. But if you could be on a B plus level like Kirk Cousins and Dak Ben, I mean this whole season, that should be good enough for either team to you know make a run or whatever whatever case may be. And last night, I mean at worst, both of them had to be. Yeah, Dak played very very impressive. He he had so many throws that were just undefendable. You had Cooper making some great catches, helping out his quarterback. Randall Cobb had a very good game, and they needed it all because Zeke was almost a non-factor. Um, Dalvin Cook definitely won the the running back battle. Um, as far as the game script, um, either team had a chance to win it. Um, so, like, I, I wasn't a fan of what the Cowboys did down the stretch because I felt like you got four minutes to go, you're driving, then all of a sudden they they started playing keep away. Like, why are you trying to? I understood what they were trying to do, but to me. I don't agree with that strategy unless a field goal is at stake. So, like, they were trying to kill the clock and get a touchdown so when Minnesota got the ball back, or if they got the ball back, it wouldn't be that much time left. But I felt like by doing that, they kind of hurt them own selves, hurt themselves by doing that. I would have just, you know, kept driving, kept with my aggressive play calling, and just trusted my defense to stop the Vikings. I mean, granted, they couldn't stop Devin Cook all game, but I still would have been trusting, like, hey, we got – we're going to need one defensive stop, and that's it. Because you can play prevent, keep everything in front of you. But they chose the other route, and it backfired on them. They, they lost. Yeah, it, it was, a, like I said, you know, Vikings started off 14-0. Cowboys brought it back, you know, and then the Vikings kicked two field goals. When you know when you kick field goals, that's when, you know, that's when you start losing games because instead of putting up seven, now you put up three. It's easy for a team to come back down to the lead, which, which the Cowboys did. And, you know, the run defense, so out of everything that, that you saw yesterday, I mean, uh, on Sunday Night Football, um, the run defense was the only thing that was good for Minnesota. But the pass defense and the run defense for the Cowboys, the pass defense for Minnesota, they were not good. But then it's like, okay, when you have guys like, you know, when when, when, you, when you're down Trey Waynes for the Vikings at corner, um, you know, and then the Cowboys are down their free safety, Jeff Heath, who's, you know, I mean, if he's just starting safety, it's probably because he's your best safety, right? So, you know, they lost him early in the game. So he, so they had a backup safety playing in, in his spot, and he played closer to the line to make tackles. So, you know, and they, they was able to take take advantage of that. 
and just like the uh, Cowboys took advantage of, you know, and to be honest, Mike Hughes played a solid game against uh, Amari Cooper. Yes, he had over 100 yards receiving, but it's like when you when you throw into that kind of role because the Vikings can't even put their best corner anymore on, on the best receiver because he can't stop nobody. Like every time Cooper rose, that rose line up on Cooper, it was a bucket. So let, let, let's, let's put somebody who's athletic, um, you know, quick feet, fast. Let's put him on him and, and let's see what he got. And, you know, he didn't he didn't get destroyed in the battle. Yes, Cooper made some amazing catches. And those you just can't ignore. Like, I mean, out of bounds, stretched out, looking like Chris Carter out there. Like, no, that, that just can't be. That's undeniable. So, but when, you, when you're down like that and you have to do that, I mean, that, that's what happened. The Cowboys are going to take advantage of, you know, a, a lesser cornerback to, the, to to that extent. And just like the Vikings took advantage of their safety on the Cowboys. So, I, I feel like, I feel like, I mean, yes, we can, you probably can judge a little bit about the Cowboys' decision to, you know, to try to run again. But you got to think, I mean, if you pass the ball on that first down, get what, like seven yards from Cooper on the slant. I mean, come on. Zeke can't, Zeke and Alvin's line because you couldn't get you three more, you know, like three, you know, get you three more um, yards. And then you, you, you end up losing, end up losing yards now it's fourth and five. I mean, I guess it is what it is, but. I mean, I, I want. I, I don't think I'd be too mad about it because, like, I, I guess in that game, because it was a, the Dak show, you should have kept the ball in Dak hands, which I can understand that. But then again, it's like, what if what if Dak did blah blah blah, and then they would have been crying about, oh, y'all should have you should have let Zeke get it, should let Zeke get it. Y'all paid him all this money, he should get it, you know. And that's I guess that's what it, when it comes down to about who you want to pay and why we don't play running backs because you know you put in a situation where you gotta get the ball to Zeke, but. Then they did, and it didn't work. Yeah, there was once upon a time where you wouldn't even think about sending a receiver to Xavier Rhodes' side, and now it's almost he's not a target, but you don't fear yeah, right, going right, at yep. it. And then you have, uh, like you said, about the Dak and Zeke thing. Amari has been great for Dak. Um, like, their chemistry has been impeccable. Like, Cooper looks almost like he's headed for a Hall of Fame trajectory playing with Dak. Like, because he looks almost unstoppable. I mean, I'm not saying that's a knock against Derek Carr from his Oakland days, but with that, he's been looking way, way better. Um, but, you know, like you said, man, it's, when you pay a running back, you feel compelled to use them. Why do you have them? Because you could wind up like the Rams where you pay somebody like Gurley, and he's almost a non-factor. Like, I'm not, I'm not sure what's going on with the Rams this year, but I guess the Cowboys like, are taking the opposite approach. If we want to – we're paying this guy this – you know, even though he hasn't been affecting the fall game, we're going to still try to ride our bell cow to the very, very end, which I didn't agree with. I would have kept it in Dak's hands and, and at least did some RPOs. Or Dak, can, he's a mobile QB. He can run, so he could at least scramble and make something happen. Yeah, uh, and one more thing. Like, coming into the game, when I when I found out that Linval Joseph was out, I was like, oh, my gosh. We might not be able to stop Zeke at all. But I was very proud of the D tackles that took over the spot, Stephon, uh, Stephen, Shamar Stephen, and and we got another guy named Joseph. He he, they was they was pretty good. And like I said, when you play one against the best running backs in the league, that's McCaffrey, Kamara, um, Barkley, Cook, and Zeke. Like if you can if you can stop them, I mean that's just kudos, you know. And and that was impressive to me. From that was the big takeaway from at least at least as, as a Vikings fan that okay we can stop the run. We don't really need. I mean yeah, I ain't gonna say we don't need Joseph, but you know, it come down to like, okay, we we got depth. The next man can step up, and that that kind of that kind of showed pretty good. You know, like good good signs going forward. And Cowboys lost the game, but I mean, I, I know I picked Cowboys win the division, 
and you play the Eagles, I mean, like, a, it, it's going to all come down to that week, six, week, six, week 16 game when they play anyway. So I think win or loss, all they did was just, you know, keep them together at the same level. So we'll see how that all, all unfolds. But I still believe in the Cowboys, even, even, though, they, even though they lost. The real NFC East chance is the Vikings. Yeah, 4 0. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> That's the real NFC East chance. Hey, you know what's crazy? Like, and they struggle with the Redskins, but I guess maybe that was short week, so I don't know. But, you know, the rest of them they kind of took care of. I mean, Cowboys going back and forth. I mean, that was a good game, man. It really was a good game to watch. I'm glad that was a game. It wasn't no 6 3, no New Orleans Cowboys defensive battle. I didn't want to see that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you had a good balance of both. Oh, yeah, definitely. Now, you you mentioned the Rams now. Man, what is up with their offense? Because you paid Gurley, you paid Jared Goff, you know, you traded. Let's not forget Brandon Cooks got yeah, paid, Yeah, Brandon Cooks got paid. You paid Whitworth, and he's, you know, Asian. His, his, you know, all the time catching up to him. Uh, with the offensive line not being great, Jared, and no running game, Jared Goff is being – I mean, yes, he got a lot of passing yards, but what you got to think, that's more of what? you know, trailing and you try to make, you know, you got to come back and you can't really run the ball like you wanted to because you're going to all these knee injuries. I, I just don't, I just don't get it. I, I mean, I get, I hope the Rams got a better plan in, in store that we not, that we don't get to see because I'm, I'm not scared. Like I'm not scared of the Rams. If, if that makes sense. Like, like, you know, like when you come in the season, like, Oh, we got the Rams. Like last year, that's a problem this year. Like, I feel like, I feel like the percentages, if, if you're a good team, I feel like the percentages are in your on your on your side to win that game. Yeah, the last two years, you know, they were they were like a revelation. Like it seemed like McVay was he was the boy wonder, he was the coaching genius, the offensive guru, whatever label you want to put on them. Uh, I think the first year they were eleven to five. Last year, thirteen and three, won a division both years. And then now this year, you know, they're struggling on on everything. Granted. Gurley is a little bit banged up, but the offensive line, I think, is probably bottom 10. <laughs> and I mean, I can't think of anything they've been good at. Pass protection has been spotty, run protection has been terrible. You have golf to cup is about the only thing that's really been working. Uh, they get Robert, Robert Woods, you know, he's a consistent guy, but he hasn't been involved consistently. You have Brandon Cooks, who's been banged up here and there so I'm not sure I'm not sure if the McVay system or the offensive style relies upon a running back because when they had Gurley and they were you know he was healthy in those last those other two years the offense was clicking on all cylinders but now with that element of the running game being gone the, the threat of a screen pass and stuff like that it seems like they're just been beholden to golf throwing down the field and He's a, I think he's a solid quarterback, but this just hasn't been his year. Yeah, when you look at like, where Sean McVay comes from, his 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 coaching style, his coaching tree, you got to look at guy, guys that's similar to him: the the Cal Shanahan, Mike Shanahan. Um, you you also got John Gruden. Like they they want to run the ball. That's that's their bread and butter. If they can run the ball, it opens everything up. The the you know the play action becomes lethal. And then like you got somebody like Jared Goff. Who can make the if you wide open, he can make the throw because he ha, he has the arm talent. Like and somebody open, it's hard, it's hard to, you know, it is it, the reason why everybody had his high expectations for Jared Goff coming into the season. He got paid, oh, it's time for him to be in the MVP category because when you when you run the ball effectively, the play action pass is running, 
because of your arm talent is easy. It should be, you know, it should be easy game. And now they they just gotta find some way. They got they gotta find some way to get better because you know, at some point at some point you're gonna you're gonna need your guy to to, to make a he gonna have to win the games. And since since getting Jalen Ramsey, I mean the defense has been good. I mean obviously it ain't all on Jalen Ramsey, but since since he was acquired, I mean they only go at ten to the Falcons, ten to the Bengals, and seventeen to Steelers. And that was what a touchdown by the defense, right? So, so, so really, yeah. so they only gave up thirty points in three games offensively. That's, I mean, that's should be good enough to win games. And remember, we we had them on the panic meter, and we were talking about, you know, oh man, oh man, they lost, you know, lost to the Buccaneers, uh, escaped the Browns, and then you know, lost to Seattle on a missed field goal. We were like, oh, and then Fort Niners beat them. Uh oh, what's going? The Rams, the Rams tripping, Rams tripping, and I think they got. I'm not. I'm not saying they because, like you say, you play who you play on the schedule. But it's like they got benefited because the Falcons were reaving and so the Bengals. So that made them five and three at the bye week. You come back and you lose to the Steelers. Now you're five and four. Um, and we talk about how bad the offense has been. Now they get to play the Bears. Now say what you want about the Bears, and <laughs> you know you know how we love to kill Mitch Trubisky, but this defense is still there. And, and I mean. I get credit where it's due. Mitch actually played good this past Sunday. <laughs> he played and he played good enough to win, to win a game that they had matched that, you know. Um, but can he do it consistently? Right, right. Is always the question. Like, yeah, he has flashes, but who knows? You know, can he do that on a regular basis? And because he has a, he hasn't shown he can do it. Right. So, so, so they play better. But like I said, the, the defense is, has. I mean, obviously it's not the same Bears defense from last year, but it's still a good defense. So you got them coming up. Then you play the Ravens, who you know Lamar Jackson is putting on the show. Is like you know it's, and the Ravens defense is playing, playing outstanding. So that's another team. So it's like can they can they, the offense got to bounce back at some point? And we saw it against the Bengals. Cooper Cup went crazy. Atlanta. We saw it against them. We we saw it against the bad defenses. So you got the Cardinals coming up. So you get lucky with that, right? I mean. Um, kind of, I guess maybe a little bounce back game, but you never know. Kyler Murray looking pretty good. This Cardinals team is better than what I, I thought it was going to be. So they're still formidable. We got the Cowboys, Seattle again, 49ers again. Like, you know, and we said it though. Like, we said this team will be the pullback team. Now, I didn't think, now, I know, I remember you said 49ers get to the, to the uh, playoffs, but you didn't say divisional, right? You said, you said, uh, Wild card, or yeah. Or you said division, yeah. I said, I, I said, I said they, they could win the division. It, it was possible. Okay, so if we said there was a pullback, so yeah, so, so you, did you have the Rams winning the division still? Yeah, I had the Rams winning, but I said it wouldn't be. It wouldn't surprise me if Fort Niners okay. didn't win it. So you didn't think the Fort Niners be as good as they are right now because being un, you know being undefeated, we're recording this show as a Monday football game going on. But all you have to do down, if you ain't know already. All you gotta do is go four and four, and you probably most likely got a home, home to the advantage. You know what I'm saying? Like, so they're gonna be that 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 good. Seattle is being awesome right now. They're two games above the Rams. Can can this Rams team go play the Bears and and get the offense on track? Can they get the offense on track against the Ravens? I don't know. <laughs> like, because if they if they somehow lose those games, which you know at least defensively they should be in the games because I'm not scared of Mitch. And then now against the Ravens. Now Lamar Jackson is being a magician right now, so I don't know how you stop him right now. But you got to find a way because Jared Goff, you cannot – I mean, 
from a from a quarterback you know level, you can't lose to Lamar Jackson. You know what I mean? Like you, it is if it's if it come down to who can make the better plays when the defenses are pretty much similar, like golf got to be the one to win that battle. So I don't know these next two games. I'm kind of iffy about man in this offense. Like I don't know if it's going down or can Sean McVay resurrect it because remember they say everybody gonna have the game plan uh, in, in the Super Bowl. Belichick kind of exposed them a little bit, and the Rams offense didn't look good. And now that girl, you know, now they need to go get a running back um, that can, they can help Gurley because I mean you got Henderson and you got uh, Malcolm Brown, but I mean are they are they really uh, you know a factor? I don't know. Like, I'm not sure how good the Rams really are. Um, like, they start off the season, they beat Carolina. Gurley had a pretty solid game. It was like 15 for 97-98, and Brown had two touchdowns, and golf didn't have to do much. He, he didn't have 200 yards passing. And then, of course, they went and beat the Saints, and then they beat uh, the Browns. But then after that, they kind of started to skid. They lost a shootout with the Bucks. They could have beat the Seahawks that game, but they lost – and then they lost to the 49ers. So they're 0-2 in their division. But then, of course, they went to play the get-right team, the Falcons, beat the Bengals. And I thought they would have beat the Steelers, which would have set them up for good positioning. You know, they off a bye week. So you had time to kind of scout the Steelers' defense and see what they're doing. Rudolph isn't a – he's a starter for this year, but he hasn't established himself as a legit NFL starter. But uh, the Rams, I mean – Golf two picks, no touchdowns. Gurley had 12 carries, 73 yards. They spread the ball around with Woods, Everett. Um, but Cup, he didn't he didn't do anything. But it was just oh, – it was gosh. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't, he didn't <laughs> <My> do <fantasy. laughs> He didn't do anything. But it's just – I don't know, man. Like the Rams, you don't know what you're getting from week to week anymore. You used to kind of be able to know, okay, well, we're going to get about this much. From, we'll get about 15 to 20 carries from Gurley. Uh, he would probably get about maybe five, five to eight catches and stuff like that. But now it seems like they're not even using the running back in the passing game at all. They're just only throwing to the receivers. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure what the Rams' issue is. I know I know the offensive line is a problem, and Gurley shouldn't be a problem because some games, you know, I guess he's on that Kawhi Leonard type of thing. He'll be good some games, and then you got to kind of. Lower manager for the next game. I'm not sure, but they have Henderson, they have Brown. You know why not use these guys in some capacity? Right, and that's a and that's what make me mad because I thought McVay McVay supposed to be this guy who supposed to, you know, the genius of the league. You know, even though I think Kyle Shanahan is better than him, but then that's, that's beside the point. Um, okay, so they, they lost to the Steelers, and you just said about Mason Rudolph's capabilities. So is it is it safe to say the Bears win this weekend too? Because it's, it's the same. A good defense, Pittsburgh, uh, Pittsburgh and Bears. You got a, you got a eh for quarterback Rudolph and Trubisky, and then you know you still got weapons. Yeah, Bears weapons and the Steelers weapons. You could say it's kind of almost similar. I mean, Juju ain't been the star like he was last year, so he's kind of you know lower down. But you could you could say Juju, Allen Robinson, back and forth, uh, Jalen Washington, and you got Gabriel and Miller. I mean, it's kind of I guess what I say is kind of comparable so, talent. Yeah, right, right. So. So do we think Rams? I mean, even though it's a home game, but is, I mean, do you see the Bears maybe taking this one too? I'm, I'm gonna go with Rams just because they are at home, and I won't trust the Bears in a primetime spot. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I mean that, that makes sense. But it, 
I mean, I'm just saying, like, those two take those, it wouldn't shock me either way, you know, if, if the Rams win or lose this game, but they definitely win because in, in the NFC, you cannot drop games. And I'm not saying that Pittsburgh is a drop game because you're all on the road cross country, but off a of bye, you don't, you don't look still, you, you don't look good. I mean, you, you just what it is. And uh, so we'll see coming forward. Yeah, the Bears. The Bears, someone did pick the Bears to win. I couldn't knock them for doing it because this is a desperation game for both teams because mm-hmm. they're both barely trying to stay in the wild card and division race, and the Rams are doing the same thing. They're both they're both jockeying for position. So a game like this could ultimately slowly start deciding your fate of whether you keep up pacing the NFC or not. Yeah, and I, I say this: the loser of this can't won't win the division. Because, I mean. Because the, the Packers and Vikings are going to be too far ahead of, of of Chicago and the 49ers and Seattle, you know, obviously they playing each other, so they they going to knock somebody. But the following week, hey, they they both can win again. So it's like you know you you you, you can't you can't get down four to five games because this the, the season run out. It's only like six games left. So yeah, two ground to make it up. Yeah. All right. Uh, you know, another team that didn't look good coming out of the bye was the New Orleans Saints. I mean. We talked about the good right game. This is the good right team. You post a lot. You post to line your guys up, start them safe because the Tigers can't guard. They can't stop anything. And Drew Brees and all. I mean, obviously they couldn't stop Mike Thomas though. So he he went crazy. But everybody else, I mean, twenty six to nine speak for itself. Yeah, the Falcons. They played great. You know, the defense six sacks. They haven't had a good pass rush all season. I will consider this a bad loss for the Saints because you come off of a bye and it's a rivalry game and you're at home. Like, this isn't the Packers losing to the Chargers. Like, I consider it just a trap game because the Chargers are actually good talent. They just were having – their record doesn't speak to how good they actually are. But but to me, this is a bad loss. I don't consider – Packers losing charges a bad loss, but to me, this Falcons Saints, this is a bad loss. You can't lose to a one win team with no defense. Devontae Freeman's been banged up all season. Ito Smith is out. You know, the Falcons just haven't been good all year. Their their coach is on the hot seat, a flaming hot seat. You know, he <laughs> so I don't, burning building. <laughs> yeah. All you can do is say to women and children, <laughs> raging inferno. <laughs> but man, it's I don't I don't know what to say about the Saints. This is this is an inexcusable loss. Yeah, I, I'm right there with you because I don't I don't understand it. Like, yes, Kamara slipped in the first drive of the game, so that could have been a touchdown. But I mean, Marshall Lattimore had a good game against Julio for most most of the day. Um. This Atlanta Falcons like O line. We've been talking about how ba- how bad it been since the opening gate, and I had people telling me the Saints were the best D line nation you know, in the NFL. And I mean, they got they got home a couple times, but yesterday the Falcons D line was the best, best D line of uh, you know of the two. And if you told me that three weeks ago, hey, in week ten, Falcons will go into New Orleans. And beat them because that D line will get pressure. I would have called you stupid. You know what I'm saying? I would I would say you you out of here. Like there's no, there's no way. I I can't believe it. And you know they they showed. It. I mean Matt Ryan played like a little demon duck um demon dunk game all game. But you know, I think he had less than 200 yards or something like that. But I mean he he did what he had to do. They did what he had to do. Brian Hill came in, stepped up for Devonta Freeman. 
Uh, I think Austin Hooper got hurt in the game, but you know, that for the, for them that's a big loss. But the Falcons team showed up, and like you said, it's a it's an inexcusable loss. And I guess I guess a lot of teams do have that though. Um, like, I mean, I, I don't know, it, 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 but it's kind of like do do we ever see do we ever see Super Bowl champions do that though? Like, it's it's a difference when a playoff. T- like, let's say for example, like you know, let's say the, let's say the Bills make it this year, and, and you and you look back and say. Man, they lost to the Brown, uh, the Browns team who only finished at five and eleven. Like you don't think Bills can win a Super Bowl? Oh no, right? Yeah, it, <laughs> it's, it's kind of like <laughs> we were talking in a second, like how you, you can't the Colts can't lose to the Dolphins. Like, come on. No, yeah, yeah. And when you do that, I, I, I'm you know I'm just, out. I bail. I'm out. I'm out. Yeah, but <laughs> but if you said it to the Saints, it's like, well, how can you how can you be out? You know, blah blah. It's I mean, it's almost the same. I mean, they won in seven, bro. Like out of the zone. One and seven off a bye at home, and it's a it's rivalry not like it, game. This is a game you're like your players shouldn't have to get. You know that they should be amped up for nationally. You, you shouldn't have to do a whole lot of motivational coaching stuff like that. Right, and I was and I was on the I was on the the uh, the, the mindset that remember when Breeze came back, I was like, he probably should just wait after the bye. Now, if he came off the bye looking like that, I would have been okay. You know, he was rusty. I can I can shake it off. Blah blah. But he came back against the Cardinals and he looked great. Oh yeah, he looked pretty good. Right, and then you go back on the bye, so maybe it was sore, but you had a week. You know, maybe it was sore on that Monday, but you had a week and a half to get over it. Boom, Atlanta team that can't stop nobody. I mean, I don't know, man. I, like I said, we always talk about every other team who dropped these games as as uh, you know as a not Super Bowl team because we I never see the the Patriots do, do it to Miami, but the Miami when, when they lose to Miami in Miami. Miami don't be sorry. They don't be two and fourteen. Yeah, you'd be like a five six win team. Five, yeah, they, they at least be six and ten. You know, a good solid. You know, uh, you know, solid team. They just you know have have a little bad breaks. But you don't lose to a team who's fighting for a top five pick. Worst, the worst defense know. in the league, basically. Because, for example, let's let's say Lamar Jackson them go to Cincinnati and lose yesterday, uh, this past Sunday. What are you saying about the Ravens right now? Oh, if I would have bailed, if I would have been like, well, they beat the Patriots. Now you lose to the Bengals. We don't know. We don't know. We're getting from week to week. We're out. Right. Is is and you know, and I was saying like we, you know, we I mean like a general public of football fans or whatever. Like, how can how can, how can we justify? You know, like I said, against the against the Bengals, we were killing the Ravens right now. They should like why. Lamar is not an MVP, or or even worse, we'll be saying. I mean, they lost see? to the Browns. People were, were questioning them, then. Right, exactly. So, and Bengals is even worse team. I mean, so like let's say let's say Saints go go on a roll this weekend and lose to Tampa Bay. <laughs> like you know, like now what we you know that's two bad debate losses to two teams out of five hundred in your division. Like you are tripping. So you know it, it's it's it's, kind of like, it's it's I mean it's all a narrative, but it's like it's like are, it's like are we are we stay are we staying in? With the Saints, just because they had Drew Brees and Sean Payton, and they've been so consistent, but then like another team will be out. It, it is kind of crazy to me. Yeah, I was on the Saints bandwagon from the beginning. We, you know, that was my bold prediction that they could miss the playoffs, but the division could still be. I don't want. I don't want to give Falcons fans false hope, but the division could still be up for grabs just because the Falcons are now one and zero in the division. And the rest of that season, they're playing all the division opponents. They have Carolina coming up. It's on the road. They'll go home and get the Bucks. Go home and get the uh, Saints on a short week. 
and then they'll get Carolina again at home. So uh, the Falcons could make a push for the division. You know, they could go six in the division if they're one no right now. <laughs> and they, 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 and they, they, and they get everybody else at home outside of the, uh, you know, the Carolina game. Hey, it's, a, it's, it's very, it's very, I mean, it's possible. And then, like, it opened up the door for the Panthers to stay, you know, to stay in it. Um, now, I ask you this. So, we talk about how bad this loss is. Do you think that Chiefs loss to Tennessee is close to it? Or you think you think people people are, you know, kind of underrating how good Tennessee is? Oh, I think people are definitely underrating how good Tennessee is. I think and people are overrating how good the Chiefs are. Chiefs can't run the ball. Can't slash don't run the ball. <laughs> can't stop the run. They're basically Mahomes or Bust. Well, I'll just say quarterback or Bust because we know they can, they've can. they had Matt Moore in and he's made a few plays. But they're basically quarterback or Bust. If they're not throwing the ball down the field, they're going to lose. Or if you put them in, in inclement weather where they can't throw the ball, they're going to lose. Like they, I think LaShawn McCoy was a healthy scratch. So, yeah. so like you're Low not, <laughs> management. <laughs> so like, wild for that. You know, you're not even – you're not even playing all your running backs. And when you do play them, none of them are what we consider a bell cow back. And for whatever reason, they just don't choose to run the ball consistently to take pressure off Mahomes. He's going to throw the ball 40-plus times all the time. I think that was one of his top two or three career passing yard games. So, And they still lost. Granted, the kick got blocked, but they still lost. And this is why I felt like Tennessee would be good because they had – Derrick Henry, who's a thousand yard rusher, and Tannehill, who's playing with the best weapons he's ever played with, he's making he's making stuff happen. This is a game Chiefs would have probably easily won if Mario was the quarterback because he couldn't do mm-hmm. the stuff Tannehill was doing. Like the yards aren't there, but Tannehill made plays when he needed to make plays. And alluding alluding to your your you know because that's what we said about Kansas City. Remember we talked about this with Sam and George like. Super Bowl teams had to be able to run the ball and stop the run, and Kansas City can't do either. So, yes, because we talk about, we said Kansas City was on the panic meter because they had Packers who can run the ball, the Vikings who can run the ball, and Tennessee who can run the ball. Now, getting out of that stretch one and two, that probably was going to happen no matter who they beat. You know what I'm saying? Like, it didn't matter if they beat the Packers, Vikings, or the Titans. Like, they, they probably would have won one game just because you have Andy Reid, like, you have Kelsey, you have Tyreek Hill, you have those guys. So that probably would have happened regardless. Like, I, going on three and you a solid team, you know, even though you miss Mahomes, eh, it could happen, but the likelihood is probably not, especially when you got two at home. Um, but yeah, the Mariota, he has no, he don't have a, he don't have the ceiling. Like, he can't. Like, you know what you're gonna get, and that's all you're gonna get. It's, it's not gonna be no crazy output. Now against Atlanta, he did, but that's because what <laughs> they, they sorry, <laughs> they can't talk about it until. Until they play the uh, the Saints, so I mean I don't know, man. The, Kansas City had opportunities, but to rely on the defense, he come Tannehill game winning game winning drive. Allen Humphreys twenty yard touchdown, you know, catch. So you know, can't Mahomes put him in position to win? And I mean, he got to trust the defense, and when you do that, that's when bad things happen. And then it doesn't get any better for the Chiefs because they just lost um, Ogba to injury too. So that's gonna hurt the defense a little bit more as well. And like against the like for, for them running the ball, like I know Damian Williams had 125 yards last week. 
He had one carry for 91 yards. And then the rest of them, he had 11 carries for 34. So, you know, it's kind of like – that's kind of like one of those bus coverages. And you've seen it – and you see that Minnesota de- uh, run defense good to talk about earlier with Zeke. So, you got you to have an outlier performance for you to get – you know, to be on the, the – to, to run the ball effectively. I mean, Damian Williams, again, this past weekend, 19 for 77. I mean, that ain't that ain't moving on either for me. Oh yeah, they they need to run the ball better. I mean, people look at the numbers like, oh, they did run the ball pretty good. No, they didn't. <laughs> no, they didn't. <laughs> you have to actually watch the games. Like when you watch the, like you said about the play against um, Minnesota, he was having a terrible day till he just broke one off. So you know, when you look at the game flow and stuff like that, look at uh, Jacksonville, thirteen for twenty six, one touchdown. Raiders, nine carries, eight yards. Uh, he was out versus Ravens and Lions. He played the Colts, nine for 23. Houston, one for six. Denver, nine, nine carries, seven yards. Green Bay, seven for 30, but he scored. And Minnesota, 12 for 125 and scored. Of course, the score was that, that long touchdown run. And against Tennessee, 19 for 77. That's, so, really, we can just – even if we just count just this path against Tennessee, that's really only a one good game. Yeah, and, I mean, and McCoy hasn't you, been much better. And you said, you said, you said against Oakland, he was a uh, nine for eight, nine tips, eight yards. Yep, nine carries, eight McCoy, yards. McCoy had eleven carries for twenty three yards. So that that ain't was nothing. <laughs> yeah, you got You got to be able to run the ball because as the season goes on, when it gets to playoff time, you want you want to be able to run the ball, control the clock as needed. You want to be able to stop the run so the other team can't use that same strategy against you. If you can't do both, you're not going to be a Super Bowl contender. And you know, I think we should keep the Chiefs, you know, on on that radar because yes, they they got out of the stretch one and two, possibly could have been on three, but Chargers coming up, who they 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 I mean I mean they lost to the Raiders, but I mean that that was a bad game by Phillip Rivers. I feel like he gonna shake that off. But you got the Raiders who who they're five and four right on the Chiefs' heels. Then they got to play Patriots again. Like, I don't know, man. This this Chiefs team is it, not going to – It's like you said, it's Mahomes the bus, and because of Mahomes is so that he, he's so good at football that they're going to be in every single game they play. But it's like, man, like you said, it, it'll come to, to win playoff games. You have to be able to run the ball. So, and Rams out the run. And if you can't, if you can't stop the Tennessee Titans because, that, you know, that's what they want to do, how are you going to beat the Patriots who are going to run the ball down your throat? Uh, how are you gonna stop the Ravens when they got Ingram and they got Lamar Jackson? Uh, Carlos Hyde's been playing good all year. So how do you, how are you gonna stop these actual playoff teams to get to where you want to be? Yeah, the Chiefs better be careful because the Raiders have the Bengals coming up, Jets coming up. They'll play the That's Chiefs. The yep, they'll play the Chiefs. Even though it'll be in Kansas City, but they'll play the Chiefs and they'll get Titans at home. So like this, their next four game stretch. If they can, even they pull off two and two, that's fine. But if they pull off three and one, they'll set them up pretty good because in the same stretch, the next four games, the Chiefs have Chargers, Raiders, Patriots, Broncos. So uh, Raiders could take the lead for a little while right here, man. They can stockpile some wins right here because they have a favorable stretch coming up. And not not even to mention that the Raiders blew the game to the Texans. Like, they really should be six and three. Oh yeah, man that that was a that was a bad one right there. They they blew it out when 
and they were in the game against Green Bay as well. The score doesn't show it, yeah. but that play before halftime kind of flipped everything. So the Raiders, outside of uh, losing, lose, game, that's it. You're losing earlier to them and the Chiefs. <laughs> you know that, that 2018 loss to the Chiefs. The Raiders have been pretty solid, and their biggest strength is the Chiefs' biggest weakness: running the ball. Yep, yep. and I think they got away from that. I think the deep, Raider defense just wasn't they wasn't clicking, and now they can't stop the pass. Now they did good this against the Chargers this past Thursday night. Where they picked them all what three times, but could have been you know, five times. They got some, but, someone got overturned. Yeah, but see, Rivers a gunslinger, so he gonna give you opportunities. But Mahomes probably won't. So can you stay in the game because they was up 10-0 against the, against the Chiefs uh, when they lost to them, and the Chiefs scored all their points in the second quarter. So if they can somehow stay in the game, they can beat the Chiefs. I I, I mean, yes, it's gonna be on the road, but hey, it's all it's possible. The the Raiders the Raiders look the Raiders look solid you know and uh you know the Chiefs not as scary as they was last year yeah, yeah the Chiefs they're uh, they're starting to regress a little bit to the pack now nah, man tell me tell me this what I'm gonna say yours because I I don't want them what are your Miami Dolphins doing winning two games man the Dolphins said forget <laughs> the plan we're going to win some games but 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 it just, it just tells you like how. Granted, it was against Brian Horry. I mean, I know we, we have some Colts fans who listen to us. So, granted, it was against Brian Hoyer. But the Colts' surrounding talent is better than what the Dolphins have. The The Dolphins win his game. That was just Brian Flores, man. He had his guys coached up. And they, they play hard for him. Like, the Dolphins have been competitive for most of the first halves of every game. And then when you play competitive ball and then Hoyer gives you some turnovers – I don't care who you are. You can be Tom Brady or anybody. When a team turns the ball over, you're giving your opposition a chance to win. And that's what Miami did. Two in a row. Bad to bad like the cover of lethal weapon. <laughs> hey, you know what's funny though? Because like, I think the Dolphins are potentially going to be the same team the Lions are where that any given Sunday, they might they, like you might lose to them. and They're probably going to be an average team every year. But because of the, who the coaches, the coaches are, that they're going to be in every single game. Like the Lions, without Matt Stafford on the road in Chicago, should have could have won that game. Like, you know, so like with uh, what uh, Jeff Triscoll. So like the Lions are Lions are and the Dolphins same kind of boat. And this probably this probably this probably two weeks in a row that you can debate whether you can debate that that Miami had the best quarterback on the field. Yeah, Fitz, Fitz like, Magic. He's been. He hasn't been, you know, five touchdown fits magic, but he's been doing he's been doing this thing. He's been he's been solid. He hasn't cost him the game, and he's making some of those receivers look pretty good. He, he's gonna probably get some guys some decent money this offseason. Like, let's look at this right here. All right, so I'm gonna go through the schedule of the Dolphins so everybody can hear this. Against Ravens, Rosen or Fitzpatrick, not near Lamar, blowout. Against Patriots, nobody near Tom Brady, blowout. Against the Cowboys, nobody. Near how good that deck is, blowout, and the Chargers blowout. Yes, now they competed in those games, the Patriots and Cowboys and Chargers to halftime, but then the quarterback battle took over and there was nothing they could do. Now, the next five, the last five games, you can debate whether, I mean, yeah, you can. You can debate whether they had the best quarterback on the field against the Redskins. Definitely. They, they, they could have won that game. Right, definitely. It's, it probably should, it probably should win overtime and win that game. Um, Against the against the Bills, Josh Allen's still a project, 
he's he's been playing better as of late as far as not costing his team. You know, like he might not be winning to get the team. He might not be winning it for him, but now he's not costing them. Uh, but you can debate if Fitzpatrick a better quarterback. Against Steelers, it was a 14-0. You can debate. He, well, he's better than Mason Rudolph. Against uh, the Jets, against Sam Darnold, you can debate that. And then Fitzpatrick better than Brian Hoyer. So, with that being said, you got the Bills coming up again. Now you're at home. You have – now, Baker Mayfield is better than Fitzpatrick, but can this Dolphins, Dolphins D-line get to Baker Mayfield? Bob, I don't know. I'm not going to sit here and say Browns going to lose to the Dolphins or Dolphins is close to – Fitzpatrick is not close to uh, Baker. I'm not saying that. But if the, I, I feel like the quarterback battle is not that that big of a margin. The Dolphins has a chance. And no matter how – because, I mean, because this team was 7-9 last year. I know they made moves and stuff like that, but there's, there's no way you just go 7-9 to, you know – I, I, just to be just to flat out that sorry, and I mean, I just feel like they 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 got they got opportunities and they got they got chances. They might not do anything with them, but they can beat the Dolphins. I mean, they can beat the Jets. They can beat the Giants. They can beat the Bengals. Um, Eagles and Patriots, no. And Browns and Bills, probably not. I would lean more no, but they always got a chance. And Brian Flores is the guy. He's not on no hot seat. He's gonna he, he's gonna be there for a while. Yeah, he's doing a heck of a job with those guys. You know, just whatever he's preaching, those guys are believing him. They're coming to play hard every every week. They're not going to win a talent matchup this season because they have made so many trades. Tunsil out, Mink out. That's just naming a few. Kenny Steals. So, you know, they they let um, Mika away. <laughs> yeah, they, they they let Rosen get some you know get some uh, some game action to see what they had there. So they've made so many moves, you know, and just accumulating draft picks, really. So they've made so many moves to build for the future. But to see that they're still playing hard and winning, winning a little bit now, that kind of gives you some positive signs for the future. At least we know what they're, where they're going. So unlike, you guys seem like the Bengals. We don't know what the heck the Bengals are doing. Oh, yeah, you're right. Like, we we know the direction they had. They, the Dolphins are going to have the most um, cap space in the league, and they're going to have the most draft picks. So. I mean, anything can happen. I mean, in one offseason, they can go from – I mean, not obviously not first, but they can go they can go from worst to second in the division. Yeah, they can turn it around pretty fast. I think – see, I think right now they're – so Bengals 0-9. They, they beat the Jets, so they're better than the Jets at 2-7. Two, at two and seven, And then they're worse than the Redskins, even though the Redskins have a tiebreaker. And they're better than the Giants. So they're the, they had the fifth pick right now. The Falcons won, so I guess coin flip Dolphins or Falcons five or six. So if pick five <laughs> or six, they, they'll probably be like a Joe Burrow type of pick. You know, if they choose to not let Fitz Magic stay and move on from Rosen, that's probably if they go QB, that's probably like that Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert range for a QB if they decide to go that route. Hey, I know they're mad by the Pittsburgh thing. Like at first, they looked everybody had two top five picks. <laughs> Oh yeah, man. Mike, Mike, Mike Tomlin is in that coach of the year consideration. He, the, the Steelers have uh, they they've caught fire. They've turned it around. Their, their defense is they look like a top five defense right now, along with 49ers and uh, you know Ravens defense been looking pretty good recently. Patriots. So yeah, Steelers defense is like a top five defense right now. Yeah, and I was I was on the record saying that I thought that trading the pick for Mika was risky. Which I mean, it was. I mean, really, it is because you, you, you're taking a risk that 
you still going to win football games because think about it. If if they if they was on this four game winning streak, let's say they went two and two, so they'll be what um three and three and three and uh, six. Like that's that's in the bottom half of the of the league, and that's a top ten pick. So it's kind of like now you now you lost you lost your first round pick, so you can't get better at that stage. Your quarterback out for the season. You you just find out that your potential quarterback probably not the guy. So I don't I don't have the draft pick to draft to replace you know, Mason Rudolph, blah, blah, blah. So it, it was kind of like a, it was a, it was a lot of overlapping things that could have went wrong. and But like I said, we both believe they might tell them to get it right. But I, I always thought it was risky because you don't know – you didn't know what you was getting from Mason, like Mason Rudolph. It's, it's not like they traded it like today after you see some games that Mason Rudolph has sample sizes. That thing they had was maybe one game sample size of Mason Rudolph and said, hey – Let's trade our first round pick to get Mika. But you said on Twitter, I saw you tweet it. You said they probably stole him because he looked he about to be a superstar slash Hall of Fame the way he's playing. And if that's the case, hey, that risk gonna definitely pay off. Yeah, like when the trade went down, I was happy about it just because we know the Steelers pride themselves on defense. Tom is a defensive guy, and their organization prides themselves on we're not gonna just tank the season; we're gonna compete. And at the time, you know, I was saying, like, even though they're down bad right now, they could get it again on the back end. They're slowly starting to turn it around. So getting to Minko was their attempt that we're not bailing on the season. We're going to – they basically just swap. Okay, the Dolphins drafted Minka first round. So we'll just – instead of us trying to draft someone, you know, coming draft, we'll just give y'all the pick and take <laughs> and take this guy. And, and they basically add to their second year because they haven't had a guy of this caliber since Troy. So, you know, he, he could be in line to be a, one of the next Steeler, Steeler legends because he's young and he, he has plenty of upside left. He's been scoring. He's been getting more touchdowns than skill, an offensive skill player. So, he, <laughs> so right. he's, uh, he's making a huge impact. And plus those linebackers they have and that defensive front still is in a good position. So that Mika trade really paid off. It paid, you know, it was a good investment for him. Yeah, I think the Dolphins are premature on that one. I mean, I understand it was like some some things deeper than that, but Dolphins had 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 the start. Like he gonna turn into a you know a great player, and I feel like Brian Flores could have turned him in that too. Like he was, he he could be because he's defensive too. So you know they had they had their stud, but now they got to find somebody else. So we'll see how that go. But yeah, Pittsburgh definitely turned around. And like you said, man, you said you said my Tomlin was up for a head coach, and nobody wanted to believe it. But hey, here we are, and they five and four, two games back of the division. Yeah, of course we got you know the Kyle Shanahan's, uh, Bill Belichick, Matt Lafleur. Um, I gotta throw Pete Carroll in. They're gonna they're gonna beat the 49ers, so I gotta throw Pete Carroll in. But Mike Tomlin, man, still is about ten wins. He has to get some votes for coach of the year. I mean, I'm sorry. I think I think Kyle Shanahan probably gonna run away with it, but Mike Tomlin definitely should be. He should be a top three. Like when when I see the votes, I see the results. He should be a top three. Yeah, depending upon in, how, in my opinion. Yeah, depending upon how they finish up. If the Steelers finish with nine wins or more, which I still think they will, I still think they'll get a ten and six and probably get a division. Tomlin, Carroll, Shanahan should be the top three coach of the year candidates. Say it again. You said Carroll. Yeah, Pete Carroll, Carroll. Kyle, Kyle okay. Shanahan, and Mike Tomlin. I can see that. I can see that. Um, 
Now we talked about our surprise teams, so let's so let's do this. Let's do a two take thing right quick for our listeners. So skip ahead if the if the outcome had changed. So let's let's uh, talk about 49ers losing this game to Seattle, and then after that, let's talk about them coming back dramatically in the fourth quarter, down eleven. Let's start the fourth quarter and win and come back and win the game. So let's let's do both sides of it because we're, we're pre-recording this before uh, Tuesday morning. So. And let's go ahead and uh, you know what I'm saying like go ahead and do, do both sides of it. So uh, Seattle won a game uh, Monday football. Your takes on your surprise team through the first ten weeks. I think Seattle, if Seattle stays on pace and wins the game, it won't change my opinion of the 49ers. Um, they, they weren't going to go undefeated, and Seattle is one of the better teams in the league. So it wouldn't surprise me if they lost this game. Um, if they do lose, I won't panic on them. The only things I'll want to see corrected is Jimmy G has to he, – he's the weak link of the team. Like, he's a great – I won't say great. He's a very good quarterback. But he's the weak, the weak link of, of the team. Um, Emmanuel Sanders went out this game, so he lost one of his weapons. George Kittle not playing. So those are things you kind of want to factor in. Um, but if Seattle wins – It'll put them in first place for the division, and I'll be wrong on that. Cause I thought they would be eight and eight. Um, going towards the season, thought they'd be eight and eight. And if the Fortnite were to come back and win, it just kind of it'll kind of cover up their mistakes from the game and all the turnovers. So it's probably better that they do lose versus win, because sometimes when you win, it kind of masks what you were bad at for the game. Right now, if the Fortnite do lose, they still be the first place. Because Seattle got two losses. But Seattle had the tiebreaker over Rams and San Fran going into week, you know, week 11, blah, blah. Um, and if they were to come back dramatically, hey, yes, they, you know, got stuff to clean up. But if they come back, that means Jimmy G's doing it. But like, like you're talking about, you're surprised they, if they can't run the ball, what are you going to do? Uh, you know, and that, that was the Cowboys question about Dak. Um, Kirk Cousins proved it a couple times this season so far. Um, I, who was who was the run? Uh, well, obviously they said about Seattle, but you got Russell Wilson, so it kind of mute that point. And I think who was running the ball a lot? Um, well, the Ravens do, and we haven't seen Lamar Jackson have to throw against a great defense. So that question unanswered, and so is Kyle Jimmy G because even last week against Cardinals, we're not going to sit here and say the Cardinals are a good defense. So. You know, if the run's not going, can they do it? And, you know, that's the question that Jimmy G got to answer. Um, and I don't know if if he can or not. I think I think for, you know, to me, to me I, I think I think they're one year prematurely. Uh, I could be wrong. But I think this is the this is the team that probably will be the team that loses, you know, the, you know, that, that, that if they got home field advantage or, you know, the two seed that they probably will lose. The first game, um, I, I just think you know most more other teams are more experienced. So, you know, outside of Sherman, who I mean, who who else do you really have? You know, and, and Sanders, I guess, has been there. So, um, I don't know. It's kind of, it's kind of, it's kind of, it's kind of weird to me because I didn't think they'd be this good, and here they are, you know, taking their first loss, and it's only week ten. Yeah, they they could have won this game. And there's still a chance that you still may win it. But to me, the biggest takeaway from the game would just be all the the drop 
passes. Like there were some some drops, there were a few overthrows here and there, and then of course once you start getting turnovers involved, you got a scoop and score by Clowney. Once you get that stuff involved, you're setting your team up for a loss and a team like Seattle, a scrappy team, and then you have a MVP candidate, probably the MVP winner, Russ, you can't keep a close game with a guy like him because if it's a game on a drive, we know he can get it done. So when you put, combine those elements together of incomplete passes, drop passes, run game hasn't been clicking, turnovers, and then Seattle's defense has kind of matched your defensive intensity, plus you have one of the, the all-time greats in Russ, bad matchup, and Seattle will probably take it. Now, so your, your, your surprise team is better than mine right now. Uh, my Bills took a loss to the Browns, and I knew Browns were going to split that Broncos Bills because you played two good defenses in a row, um, and you you should, and as far as talent of the, of the arm, you have the better quarterback on the field. So the, they, they beat the Broncos and lost. I mean, they lost to the Broncos and beat the Bills. Um, but my Bills still in good position because we talked about the Patriots division being the Patriots uh, schedule being easy. We talked about how the Jets will go about you know start maybe start off zero and eight and finish eight and eight because of the uh, because of the uh, other schedules. So if those two have easy schedules, the Bills gonna have one too. Um, now I say all you gotta do is they beat the Dolphins, the Broncos, and the Jets. That's nine wins. I mean that's that's a uh, yeah that's nine wins of the season. They'll be nine and three. You got four other games against quality opponents with at, at Dallas, uh, home against the Ravens. You got you're at Pittsburgh and at Patriots. That's three road games against three good good teams and a home game versus uh, Lamar Jackson, who's been playing out of his mind. So, you know, my thing is, all right, stretches. If you if you win the games, you're supposed to win, and then you all you gotta do is win one of those games. You gotta win. All, I mean, because obviously, I don't think the Bills could, are a Super Bowl team. But I think they're. But I know they're a well-coached team, having the best defenses in the league, at least pass defense, and they got a quarterback who's who's learning, getting better. They, they need more weapons and need um, more playmakers. But all you gotta do is win one out of the games. Now I don't know who they beat. I don't know if they can go into New England. I don't think they can go into Pittsburgh. I don't think they can go into Dallas. And, and, and against against Lamar, their run defense has been the worst part of their team as you know, as a whole between pass and run. Um, Candace are the run of the Ravens? I don't know. Probably not. So it's kind of like all you gotta do is get one of those, win what do what you're supposed to do and win one. That's 10 wins of the season. Boom, you're in the playoffs. And uh do you think they can do you think they can get one of those games or you, you think they just got the hope that everybody helped them out and nine and seven is good enough? Uh, I think they'll do it. I think they should beat Dolphins, they should beat Broncos, and they'll get Jets at the end of the season. They should win that game. I doubt they'll beat New England. I think their best bet would probably be Cowboys or Steelers game. Reason why? Mm-hmm. Because at least the Cowboys game is inside. Um, Cowboys are more talented, but at least it's an inside game. And I would say Steelers is because it's a backup quarterback in Rudolph. And then that could be more of a – that's going to be, you know, mid-December. That could be a snowstorm. So whoever can not do – not commit turnovers or – kind of just run the ball and get some field goals can probably win the game. 
I didn't I didn't pick the Ravens game just because it's gonna be a Josh Allen versus Lamar duel probably and who knows how that plays out. Um but that could be the one that they do steal because I think it's gonna be like a uh like a little gap between there. Like I think they get like a long layoff between there. So they, they could probably win that game. Because the yeah, Cowboys always play on Thanksgiving, so they could have like ten yeah, days yeah, to yeah. prepare for the mm-hmm. Ravens. So that they could it could be the Ravens the one they, they steal. They they'll get yeah. ten days of, of prep and some home game. That that actually is a good that is that is a big factor actually. Like you get more time to prepare for Lamar Jackson. The reason I the out of those four, I I will lean what you said about the Steelers and not even the back of quarterback is because what the Bills do, because think about it, Patriots can run run on the Bills. Cowboys and Zeke should be able to run on them. And if the extra time don't work, you, you expect Lamar and Ingram to be able to run on them. Now, I don't think the Pittsburgh Steelers can run on Bowen. I mean, yes, James Carter is a good player. Um, he, He's a good player. You got Samuels. You got all the other guys. Um, But, I mean, the Pittsburgh Steelers have really haven't been – they haven't been dominant on the run game this season, so you know, or last season. So it's kind of like, eh, the the that's not their strength. I don't think Bills get bullied by. It, so that's probably their best bet is at Pittsburgh. Like you said, who knows what the weather gonna be? So, uh, big storm, blah blah, all the other stuff. And it's a you know, it's a it's a one o'clock game, Mason Rudolph. I mean, he had all season to get ready for this, but passing the ball, that Bills defense is gonna be right there. Like Tre'Davious White played good. I mean, he held OBJ this past weekend a couple times, but. I mean, for the most part, he had a good game. So, he got one of the best corners in the league. So, Juju kind of can be eliminated. And that's, pro- that's probably the best bet is at Pittsburgh because, yeah, like you said, I don't see the Patriots going in New England as, as a win at all. <laughs> oh, no. That, and then I think the Cowboys are just too talented. But, you know, short week, they're going to have to play, the, play the, the Broncos and then go to Dallas. Short week, man, that could be a that, – that game could get bad. The only reason I gave him a chance is because it's gonna be inside. <laughs> right, yeah, right, right. Yeah, so Ray, Ravens or the Pittsburgh is probably one of those and, and it's back to back. So maybe maybe they'll get they'll get some game tape on, you know, how Pittsburgh did against Lamar or how the Ravens attack the Steelers. Who knows? You know, some of that be mattering too. So um this hey, I think I think both our teams should be in there. Our surprise teams should be in there. So we you know, that's that's that'll be a great call by us. Oh yeah, man. I'm I'm looking for the 49ers to at least make the wild card and possibly win the division. And uh, the Bills should definitely get in the wild card because I know you picked them to get in the wild card. I think I had the the Chargers and Browns in at the wild card, but I said the Bills would be in contention for it. And, hey, I'll be glad they make it in, man, because the Chargers have been inconsistent and the Browns got a long way to go. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) Yeah, they do. Um. So if we if we uh, stay in football but go to the college level, and it got we won't be too long on this though. So the Bama LSU game, I I wouldn't say it went as I expected. I didn't think it was like I thought Bama would win the game by a field goal, so I picked LSU to cover. So they won the game, so but I still win. You know, I still win. So, um, but I didn't think I didn't think the LSU would come out there and dominate from the get go, like. Really and, and really it really was a couple of things that led to the game kind of getting away. The tour fumble early and then the tour before interception before halftime. That kind of flipped the game around big time because you took points off the board with the fumble and then that pick 
they just had scored a touchdown. Now they get a, another chance to do it before halftime. And I think they got the ball first to start the second half. So you talk about three possessions in a row, LSU could go put points on the board. And they did. So it's kind of like, man, don't, that that's won the game for me. And, you know, it wasn't even like Tua played a bad game. I don't know what the fumble thing was about. I have no clue why he – like, I've seen that like three or four times this weekend, bro. Like, uh, uh, who – it was somebody else on the – um, who was it? It was, a, it was a running back. It was a running back in the NFL. Bro, Ro, uh, your boy, Rojo, Ronald Jones. Yeah. He, he did the same exact thing. And then uh, the Vikings Cowboys game. Remember the, the, the drop? Devin yeah, Cook, Cook almost uh, did, yeah. did one. So, like, like, sometimes guys just kind of get too excited or they just kind of take their mind off what they're doing. And this, I mean, it, it happens. Yeah, so – it, it, it just – who knows? Cause I thought maybe two was going to, you know, try to power his way up in there, which, you know, it could have it could have been a touchdown. Let's say they get to the one-yard line. Saban said, man, this is the this is the, probably the best team in the country we're playing, playing against. Let's go for it on fourth down. You know, you never know what, what coding decision would have happened if he would have, you know, kept that ball in his hand. So those two plays, I think, are the only things I had to take away from as far as changing the game. Um, Bam did a good – well, no, it was it was it was, it was way I mean, more than that. They had the, the two of fumble, they had a muff punt, and then they had two crucial penalties in the first half. They had a twelve man on the field yeah, penalty, and, and and they got a uh, they got a, a crazy offside one, and that kind of extended some LSU drives and let the points. Right, that, that, that that's fair. But <clears throat> I, I'm, as far as like you know, get the the game getting away from them, you know the the INT because like you know when you give up a touchdown for halftime, and that team go get the ball back. At the start of the second half, you can't give back to them again, and that's how the games get flipped, turn around really quickly. So, I mean, they, they did a great job coming back, and uh, man, they had the chances. Like even, even, um, even the uh, you know the bomb the Smith at the end of the game. Hey, like that's crazy how LSU was you know gave that up. You know when it, the game was over. Oh no, it's not. I think. I mean, I was that was the best college game I've seen all year, and if yeah, you're talking about. You know things happen. I think the committee gonna look at this and be like, "Yeah, this is a really this is this is really the best top four teams, two of the top four teams right here." Like, so I say win or lose, that they was whoever lost was only gonna drop at most three spots. Bama, so that means Bama would have been a six, but Penn State lost as well. So Bama's gonna go what, maybe five at the, at at max. Yeah, the the stand is gonna shake up just a little bit. And they're gonna benefit because other teams around them were either idle or lost. Um, so for the playoff, I think LSU is gonna be one, just based upon quality of opposition. They beat Florida, they beat Auburn. Um, coming into the season, they beat Texas, which was a, a highly touted win. And now they just beat Alabama on Bama's field. So LSU is gonna easily get the one. They'll flip flop with Ohio State, who I think will be two. Clemson's still undefeated, so they should get three. And four is going to be a weird spot because that was Penn State's spot. If Penn State would have beat Minnesota, they would have kept that spot, and they would have probably put Bama at at five. But I think right now, as it stands, Bama's going to still get that four spot just because they did make it into a game late. Um, even though the, the score is going to look pretty good. Like, that, that late touchdown bomb, that shouldn't have happened. I think the DB was looking over at the sidelines of the coach, and he just got you – no, know, they hiked the ball, and he just got burned. But I think Bama's going to probably go to that four spot just based upon making it a competitive game with LSU. 
And I can't see them putting Georgia in front of Bama because Georgia lost to South Carolina, and they could have lost two other games. Like, they were struggling with Tennessee. They could have lost Notre Dame. So I don't think they're going to put Georgia in that fourth spot. I think they'll let Bama stay in that fourth spot. And then five and six will probably be uh, – Georgia probably gets five, and I think Mena – no, so they may get six because they're undefeated. Mm, I don't know. But it's hard to see. It, 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 it's hard to see a jump from seventeen to six. If Minnesota's not six, it'll probably be um, be Oregon. Yeah, I, I think the Pac twelve is going to be at the sixth spot. Um, it, like you said, like what what you talking about LSU and, and your your reason why they'll flip flop Ohio State this week is justified going on the road or against in a hostile environment, one of the best teams in the country, beating them versus. Being at home, uh, Penn State, a, a better team coming to your house, but you at home. Um, so you know it, it's kind of it's kind of like if they was on the road and beat Penn State, I think they're whatever jump they do make. So there's there are seventeen, if they jump to what eleven, it probably would have been eight or nine if they was on the road. You know what I mean? Like I think that's kind of it's kind it's kind of crazy to do something like that, but I think that's something that could happen. I think they they will put I think they'll put Georgia at four for this week. Just because that Bama did lose, but they know, and they do it on purpose. They know Georgia's going to lose to LSU in the championship game, and then Bama going to get right back in there. So Bama, I think Bama's still going to benefit as long as Bama take care of business versus Auburn. Um, Clemson taking care of business against everybody else. LSU go ahead and wins out. Um, Ohio State wins out. That is going to be just the four that I I, 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 I predicted Ohio State, Clemson, Bama. I, I, the, the, the fourth team, you, you never know who's going to emerge, but I think it's going to be two SEC teams on uh, on Ohio State and and uh, and Clemson. But I mean, we've seen stranger things happen before. Uh, at least uh, Ohio State, man. I told you my two rules: number when you bet, you, you always bet on Ohio State and bet against Maryland. And <laughs> seven and three to fourteen, bro, that's ridiculous. <laughs> Yo, Ohio State, they've been they've been clicking on all cylinders. They just don't have the the resume to prove it. But down yeah, the stretch, will, yeah, yeah. The, down the stretch, one and two is going to keep flip flopping because Ohio State they're going to get a chance to. I wish it would have been against Penn State. Um, they would have been a better win for them. Even just beating Penn State is going to be a good win. So they they got Penn State. People going to people are going to sleep on the Cincinnati win early in the season. Cincinnati is like eight and yeah. one. But but having wins against uh, Cincinnati, if they beat Penn State, if they beat Michigan. <laughs> yeah, if if they, if they can beat Penn State, they can beat Michigan, which they normally do. It's a rivalry game, and then they can go knock off. If Minnesota stays undefeated in the Big Ten championship, and Ohio State knocks them off, that'll make their resume way more impressive. So one and two could flip flop at any point. And then I think Georgia loses to Auburn. They're going to Auburn. I think they're going to lose to Auburn. Right. So yeah. So that's going to knock out them in the first place. So, but see, Bama, Bama really needs them, in my opinion. Bama really needs Georgia to stay where they're like to keep winning, because um, it, the, the reason I said it is because if, if they went out and lose to LSU, like you can't keep Georgia at four. You know what I mean? Like when when you lose. You can't stay at four. You got to go. To, you know, what I'm saying you got to go to five. But I feel like they get out of there early, and let's say like, you know, what's more important, uh, a Pac-12 championship or Bama losing the other shoe? You know what I'm saying? Like, and that's gonna be the the side effect of coming to that final week anyway. Who like is it Bama or is it Utah slash Oregon? 
especially if they both went out head into that game. So that that is what I'm all I'm looking for. Um, but I think whatever is going to happen, I think they're going to make sure. I, I think it's going to be Bama, Ohio State, LSU, Clemson. I think that's what they want to happen. I think they want Ohio State to be number one seed, which I think they will put. If you're saying the Big Ten the best the best conference, right? I feel like yeah, I Big Ten's like, best I, conference, man. They they have 17 in the top 25, 18s over 500. I mean, Ohio State and Alabama, that's like your head of the class every year. Then when you go down like by the tiers, I think the Big Ten has more higher quality teams. Like Indiana's 72. You can't name a SEC school that's like competing like Indiana is right now. Well, you, you got you got points to that because you got Indiana's on the side. There's not Ohio State in them. That's you know, that's lucky. But also, if you say they're the best conference, when they all said and done, Ohio State should be the one. Because you know, being Georgia, being the Georgia team who may or may not have more than two losses, you know, to all, lose Auburn going to that game, you know, that changes things around. And if I and if I'm the committee, I want Ohio State to be number one because I want to have the option to have the Clemson versus Bama championship game. I want to avoid LSU Bama in the first round, so that's like the best scenario. Bama play Ohio State, Clemson play LSU. And you know, after that, let's see what happens. You know what I mean? Like, so it's it's so many storylines going on with that. Bama Clemson Part Four, Bama LSU once again in the championship game. Then you got Ohio State versus Clemson. Can Ohio State can a, can a Big Ten pull make sure they pull it off as the big the big dog and and you know put Big Ten as the sole big best conference in the game? Blah blah. So especially if you walk through Bama and LSU to win it all. You know, you gotta say Big Ten the best. You know what I'm saying? So, so I think that I think that's the storylines that they want to happen, and I think the odds of that, all that happening is very, very high. So, I think those, I think those are the best four teams. I mean, I don't know, like I don't really think nobody else is competing with them. I mean, if Oregon wins out, I think they'll they'll get in. I don't know, man. I, I just be because like that that Auburn loss really shouldn't have been a loss. They gave up a they they were winning the yeah. entire game. They gave up a, a weird play at the end. And I think all the rest of the season, I think Auburn beats Georgia, but I think Bama will beat Auburn. So that'll give that'll be like a three loss Auburn team. Right. But see, it's like I think I think you know what? I take it back. I think Bama is Bama do want Auburn to beat Georgia because that makes Auburn a better team. Auburn probably is gonna be what, seven or eight at that time and Bama beats them. Oh, we got another top ten win, so boom, we, we should be better than you know, Oregon or Utah. So I I think the the Auburn win is going to help them a lot, especially if they beat Georgia. Yeah, the SEC bias is just ridiculous, though, man. Like they always put the preseason the preseason polls always like lump those teams near the top just because, and then when they lose, they only drop them down a couple of spots. It's like, come on, man. Like I think Florida's a good team. Well, I think once you get that prestige, you know. And what I mean by that, I mean like like if it was Ole Miss that was ranked, they lose games, they they they're out of there. But an Auburn team lose the same type of caliber team lose, they'll drop, you know, like you said, like you said, a couple of spots. I think I think it's just all like, you know, your your narrative for that team. Like Clemson loses Clemson loses the North, uh beats North Carolina by one. You know, people are still saying, Oh, Clemson's the best team in the country, and that's one of their best wins all season. But they was, you know, they was favored twenty points. You know, but you know we're not gonna drop them. You know we're gonna drop them just one spot just because, you know they still won the game. Blah blah. blah. So I mean I think it's all about 
It's all, it's all about your narrative, I think. Pretty much. Uh, last thing we're going to hit, NBA. Uh, where do you want to start, the Knicks or the Warriors? Because they both the worst two teams in basketball. Man, I want to apply for the Knicks job. They, I don't know where they post these jobs at. I don't know if it's on MD. <laughs> hit me on, hit me on Zip Recruiter. Hey. Whatever. I want to apply for the Knicks job because they are like, why are they doing David Fisdale like that, know. man? Like he, he's had, he's had two bad coaching experiences, man. And and they said, they said they thought that that they should be better than that. Come on, bro. Julius running your best player. Wow. Like Julius Randle as the third best player on the Pelicans, they weren't good. So I don't, I don't know what. Like I'm a Kentucky fan, and I, I, I know Julius Randle should not. I don't know, man. Yeah, you got Randle's best player. RJ's a rookie. You have just a bunch of young talent developing, and you're trying to mesh it with with vet guys like Todd, Bobby, and and Morris. You know. When you look at it from the outset, you would think it could work, but the the parts really don't fit. Like Dennis Smith Jr., he's I think you know he's still out right now with the um I know he had a like death in the family, so of course he's going through his struggles. You got Nilo Kina, you're trying to hope he develops. You got Trier, you got Knox, so you got it's hard to develop so many young guys. You know you got you got to give those guys minutes, but then you want to sign all these vet guys mm-hmm. to these two-year deals, all this money, so you feel compelled to play them. You you can't be an organization stuck in the middle. You got to go all the way young, or you got to go, we're going to compete best way we can. You can't do both, develop young guys and pay vets who want to get minutes. Yeah, so it's, how, can you, how can you blame that offense deal? Because you saw the Lakers did. They was young. And they said, you know what? Even, even with LeBron, even LeBron got hurt, even LeBron, it still wasn't, you know, it still wasn't good enough. So, Hey, trade them off for a, a star, and Knicks can't get no star to come in. They couldn't. They couldn't win on Kevin Durant, Kyrie. So hey, you know what I'm saying? Like you, you can't put that on Fizdale. You can't blame him for not. I mean, what do you want him to do? Make superstars? I just don't. You know, we 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 know who what these guys are. RJ is the only guy who potentially could be a superstar uh, on, on the roster. Randall is a pretty much eighteen to nine, twenty to ten guy. Um. And the rest of them, like you already know what you get for you know Taj Taj's pretty old he's gonna be the same guy, but you know what Bobby's gonna give you, uh your young guys you know they got potential to be something better but they don't have stars written on their name like Knox is not I don't think Knox has it Trier has the star factor I think they can be good players and and Mitch Robinson same same thing I don't think they can be stars but good players yes but not in one year not in five six months no it's crazy. Yeah, they're just – they're basically just setting Fisdale up for failure. You know, it's it's not fair to him at all. Now, what do you do? Do you – like, may, maybe the Warriors are – like, the Warriors bad too. Maybe the Warriors sell D-Lo. Maybe you should go – you know, maybe you should go for D-Lo. I, I mean, I, I don't I, I don't really know what other players are on the market, but remember, remember I was like, man, I, before he signed the deal, Bradley Beal to New York – you know, would would have been good because you got at least a, a cornerstone there, and all you all you gotta do is entice one more star to come. Boom, you got a good team. Um, D'Lo's on the rise. I mean, he's only like 23, 24 years old, so he could be a good piece of fit. I don't really know anybody else who's on the trade block, or I mean, Kevin Kevin loves. If you can go get 
a Kevin Love and a, and a D'Lo, that's that's something, but it's not going to move the needle of whether you win a championship. So I don't know why they're trying to, you know, speed the process up. Like you gotta you gotta trust it, and it's not a one year fix. It's not like like I said, it's not like you you got Durant and Kyrie. You did you you, you didn't get that combo. You didn't get LeBron. You didn't get. Um, I mean, it, it's hard. And now they're trying to pay your boy uh, from the Raptors, Masai, to come over there. And why wouldn't Masai do it? I mean, it, I know I know it's all about New York and all about glitz and glamour. But I mean, you can't trust ownership. Right. You, can't, you can't. You can't. You can't trust. Now, it, if like Toronto is a way better situation because you have a young emerging Pascal Siakam. You have young OG Ananobi, and you're gonna have a lot of guys coming up for free agency. You have money to go and get you're, and, and, Yeah, and, and, you're, and you're, you're, gonna, you're gonna be in play to go get some young guys and keep building your team. Like you're gonna be in play to to do what he did with Denver. You know, set them up for the next five to ten years of good basketball. Right now, if he promised me that he can do like the other other owners in the league, where they don't they let the guys do all the work. Which he should. <laughs> That's the only way I always consider it. But no, it's like I'm not going into that situation like that. You know what I'm saying? Like unless I knew I had me a star coming, I wouldn't do it. Um, so the Knicks are in. Ba- I mean, I, I don't know if he gets fired within the next tomorrow, next week, a month. I don't know who in their right mind would take this job. That's a you know that's a that's a that's a guy who's been you know who's who's earned it because you can always go get a young guy who never coached before. But is that really the right direction you need? A young guy. I mean, I'm not saying like you know, because guys like Steve Kerr got his shot, Eric Spoelstra got his shot young, but you know that you need somebody who everybody can respect quickly and different that nature. And I don't know, man. I don't even know any candidates that's that's, that's fit for this. I don't know. Man, the Knicks have got to keep somebody for more than two seasons. Yeah, yeah. Re- really, more than a season to have because I mean, Fist they only been there one full year, and we're only. Like 10 games, 12 games? 10, 11, games, yeah. 10, 11 games in. They had Jeff Horner said he completed two years. Derek Fisher, same record as Phil, his first year, 17 and 65. They fired him after about 50 games, brought in Kurt Rambis. Uh, Mike Woodson stepped in for Dan Tunnel. He got fired. He completed two full seasons, fired him. Then, you know, like it's just Isaiah Thomas was there for two years. I think Larry Brown, going back a little bit far now, but I think Larry Brown was there about a year. So, so you, they gotta just keep somebody for more than two years. You gotta you gotta be you gotta be stable. You yeah. can't be erratic and always changing. Like so now you're drafting players to fit a coach, and now you find a coach. Now this guy doesn't fit this guy's system or this guy doesn't develop under this player. And you know, you're signing free agents now, or you can't sign free agents. So now your whole franchise is in disarray. You got to get somebody in. I thought Derek Fitz was the guy. I think they gave him like a four or five year deal, but he had so much drama going on with the team, Matt Barnes, all just all kind of stuff. So they kind of had to fire him. He wasn't developing players or getting good results. And you know, you, you got to just find a sustainable option. We believe in this guy. We're gonna stay out of his way. We're gonna give him whatever players he needs, and in three years, four years, we'll, we'll see if mm-hmm. we made. Uh, we'll reevaluate. We see if we made any strides and stuff like that. You can't just go around changing coaches every two years because now it just makes your organization look bad. You may be a big brand on the Forbes list, but your your stock in the NBA amongst other coaches, other GMs, other players, it's gonna be down. That's why you have to go pay 
Bobby Porter and Todd gets in the country because you got to spend the cap money on somebody. Right. So I say this: when you get the shot, when you get the job, Rashad, you call me. I'll be your assistant coach, and you know maybe we can get this into the right direction because uh, they don't know what they're doing, and I mean we can do just as good as them. So. <laughs> like you ain't gotta be a coach, you just be GM. Yeah, GM like, rise, yeah. like fit like fit 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 there can stay the coach. Like you just need to have a meeting and just say, All right, look, this is your system and in conjunction with your system and you, we're gonna bring you in all the draft rooms. I mean, we'll do all the scouting, all that kind of stuff. We need to know what kind of players fit your system. You drafted RJ, he's gonna be a cornerstone, he's more of a point forward. You have Randall. He, he at some point he needs to be your second or third best player. Like those are basically your cornerstone for the next three years because Randall signed a three year deal, right? Yeah, I think it's, I think it might be two and like a player or two yeah, option. option. Yeah. yeah, I mean whatever they got to do, bro. Like you at some point you have to say forget a draft pick and let's trade for a star. And like I said, I don't I don't know if who's available, but you know you got you got assets. As long as you keep RJ and Randall, everybody else, hey. I'm I'm about to, I'm, I'm trying to win games. I need to give me a star. You do that, boom, you here. So, I mean, you got rid of somebody who probably would have been a superstar in Porzingis. So, I mean, he, he had him. Obviously, I know why he got he he went away. But hey, you, you got to get somebody in that building. So, trade trade is probably the only way. Yeah, Knicks are terrible. I mean, at least with the Warriors, we know they have a stable right. foundation, and they're gonna get players back healthy next year. They're going to see what they have in their young guys this year, and that'll be guys they keep. They'll cut some guys probably, or they may make some trades. Like, D-Lo's probably going to just be there just for this season. They'll probably flip him, trade deadline in all season, get something back, and they'll probably be able to make another run for another year or two before those guys start aging out. Right. So, they they got a direction, Knicks don't. So, they they both they got the same record, 2-8, and eight, but it's different. It, it's, it's just different. So, um, that's all the time that we have um, today. I appreciate everybody for joining us at 12 on Sports uh, Radio. You got you can follow us on uh, Twitter at Preach Can Preach. Uh, we on Spotify, iHeartRadio, uh, uh, podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, everywhere you can find us, man. Anything else you want to say, Rashad, before we get out of here? No, we got an interesting game shaping up with the uh, 4-9 Seahawks, so let's see how it finishes up. Yeah, so tomorrow they could be undefeated or one loss. We'll find out. Preach Can Preach with Rashad, man. We out.